And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good morning, good afternoon, whatever time of day it is that you are listening, folks. Thank you very, very much for listening. The day today is the 20th of January, year of our Lord, 2023. Welcome to yet another edition of the Bun and Cardigan Show presented by The Athletic. I am not joined by the on-again, off-again man who wears the cardigan, James Edwards III of The Athletic. James is currently uh, still in Europe. Actually, as of this recording, in real time, I have the Pistons-Bulls game up right in front of me. But no spoilers, we are going to get to that for Monday's show. Today, as promised... In lieu of the beautiful two-year anniversary pod, here we are delivering uh, on our most ambitious promise yet, the best of the Bun and Cardigan show. I had two years worth of backlogged podcasts uh, to to listen to uh, at like 200% speed, trying to figure out what's funny, what's interesting, what do I think has molded the show uh, into what it is today. Now, I will be splicing myself in here like present day Nick intermittently uh, throughout the episode here to provide some added context to maybe something you're about to hear. Maybe it was something you just heard because at the end of the day, I thought it felt a little clunky to just like throw out a bunch of random audio clips and call it good. Like the, you know what I mean? The context is important because if you weren't listening at the time, then you're going to be like, what the hell are they talking about? This isn't interesting or funny to me. So without further ado, let's do the first one. Uh, I think without a doubt, the funniest story that either of us have ever told on the show, and it couldn't have happened in, in a better episode. It was the first ever episode that we did back in episode one, the introduction of story time with James, ladies and gentlemen, it's where's the TGI Fridays? So this actually is a two birds, one stone. It also involves Jaleel Okafor. Oh, okay. I don't think I'll get in trouble for saying this. So in New Orleans last year, I'm at a Marriott hotel, which is, it's in this building that it's a mall, but the, the 10th floor, 10th through 15th floor is a Marriott hotel. Okay. But like when I leave the hotel, I have to go down an elevator and it, I'm, in, I'm literally in a mall. Like I'm looking at, like a Sabaros, I don't know, something yeah. like that. So I'm coming down from my room. It's it's nighttime in New Orleans. Like I'm getting ready to meet up with Rod and Johnny Kane um, and Austin Drake. Like we're going to go do the Just New the, Orleans thing. The fellas, yeah. Just the fellas, like the road crew. <laughs> we're going to go to New Orleans. We're going to go out. And I'm like a couple blocks from Bourbon Street. Like I'm walking. So I get down the elevator and it opens. And I start, I'm like looking down and I walk out and I see two giant human beings. I look up. It's Christian Wood and Jalil Okafor inside the mall. After hours, the mall is closed. Oh. So, and they're, they're greeting me off the elevator. And I don't know Jalil at this point at all. Yeah. Like, he plays for the Pelicans. Him and Christian are friends. Like, they, I think, I don't know what the relationship is. Well, because Christian played in New Orleans. Right, but I don't know. Was Ja on that team then? He well, Ja also played in Philly where Christian Wood also played. Right, so there's a relationship. They're friends. Sure. And it's not the like it's not like they play the next day in like they play the next night like it's sure. a, it's a free night, so I get off the elevator. I'm like, 
oh, like I'm startled. And Christian's like, oh, what up, James? I'm like, oh, what's up, Christian? And I look at John. And he's like, do you know where the TGI Fridays is? <laughs> and I'm like, the TGI Fridays. He's like, yeah, is it around here? I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, bro, like, you live here. I don't know. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, I think it's down that way at the other end. It's it's that because there was a TGI Fridays connected to the mall. Yeah. I'm like, I think it's down the hall that way. And Christian's like laughing. I'm like, yeah, I'm sorry. I don't know. I'm not sure where it is. He's like, do you know if anything else is open this late to eat? I'm like, dude, you live here. Like, I don't, I'm from Flint, Michigan. I live in Troy. Like, I don't know. I'm sure I said to him, I think there's something on Bourbon Street. He's like, yeah, we don't want to do that. It's too, yeah. I'm yeah. like, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I can't help you. And then that's good. That was it. Yeah. Jaleel Okafor asked me if the TJ Fridays was open in the city that he lived in and if any if he could get food anywhere else. <laughs> the best of the bun and cardigan train keeps on steaming ahead. This next clip is particularly funny to me because it's so early on in the show's history. It's in its infancy. Episode 23. Uh, and I think it really shows that early on, like, I would just say anything. And I, to be clear, believed what I say in this next clip. But it was one of the first times I think that James realized, like, what is this guy's deal? Like, he doesn't get mad, but he gets a little bit like, what's your deal? I'll let you guys figure it out on your own. <laughs> I'm going to throw out a name. I think they're going to end up in Detroit. They do not classify as a Weaver guy. I would be shocked to see them in a Pistons uniform. But it sounds like something that's going to happen. So talk me off a ledge. Why does it sound like something that's going to ledge talk? Why does it sound like, what do you mean it sounds like something that's going to happen? You got breaking news? I just know Jeremy Lin's going to end up on this team Stop. in the summer. Stop. You want to? I know because my. Are you my being serious is, or is this a shtick? I'm. Listen, I don't think he's a Weaver guy. Jeremy Lin is not going to end up on the Pistons. I think he's a veteran, but not the veteran that you need. It just seems like something that would. I, I love Jeremy Grant or Jeremy Grant. Love Jeremy Lin as a dude. He's a really cool dude. I I when you speak I don't I don't I, it's hard to me anticipate what player you're gonna throw out there, <laughs> like because you, you can throw out you, your your fandom for certain players is very my Rolodex is, is very quite random. Large. Mm. You continue to to surprise me with names. I was waiting for like, uh, listen, I, I don't want people to get mad at me. I'm not saying, but it doesn't it just feel like no. something that is gonna happen. No, no, no. I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to you, James, because you know things. I don't know I'm a damn to, thing except I'm that Jeremy Lin ain't going to be a piston. To the fans, the tortured fans, Hold doesn't on. it feel like something that would happen that the Woj notification, Jeremy Lin signs a two-year deal for the mid-level with the Detroit. It just sounds like something that would happen, but I know that he checks none of the boxes. This none of them. This is insane. You've I, had some crazy takes in our 23 episodes of BNC. <laughs> This is this takes the cake, my brother. I'm not even saying it's going to happen. The fact that that you, because I know how your mind works. You were probably walking to Seven <laughs> Eleven. This is exactly how it you, happened. You were walking to Seven Eleven. You were at like, who could Detroit get this offseason? Like they, we need, we don't want to be too good, but we need to get some guys. Like we need some veterans on this team. Jeremy Lin. Oh, he's like not doing anything right now. Like he's, in a, he's, he's a in veteran. The he's in the G League. Like, explain to me what what made you think that this could happen. Like, what is your thought process? 
it seems like something that Why? would happen to a fan base that is perpetually tortured. So, like, you think it's like a Jose Calderon signing? That is a perfect analogy. Yeah. It is the two-year anniversary pod, which means it, it feels like a good moment to sit back and reflect and maybe even be open and honest with each other. And that's what I'm going to attempt to do right here. When we first started the show, there was like a 12-episode run where we kept getting the same complaint over and over and over again. Uh, can somebody please change the batteries on their smoke detector? This incessant beeping has to stop. I'm sure you were able to make it out in that last clip, right? It's hard to miss. Now, I don't know how you audio detectives out there were able to deduce that the beeping was happening on my end and not James. That was true. And at the time, I owned it. And I said, you know what? You're right. However, I did say that it was because it was actually from the hall and that the landlord needed to change it and it wasn't my problem. And it was just because I lived in a studio apartment that you were able to hear it coming from the hallway. This, as you can imagine, as most of you probably assumed at the time, was a fallacy. This was not true. It was mine, but I actually think I have a kind of fair explanation, a little bit. So what happened was I had something that like needed batteries, double AA, A, triple A, whatever it was. It needed batteries. And I thought to myself, well, the smoke detector has this kind of battery. So what I can I get retroactively charged with a crime? Isn't this illegal to do? So what I did was I, I just swapped the batteries. I put the bad ones in the smoke detector. And I put the good ones in whatever it was that I was using at the time, right? And it was fine for like a day or two. The problem was when the beeping started, because those batteries that I put in the smoke detector were bad, I had misplaced the smoke detector. So I spent like a month and a half trying to find it. And every single time that I would think I would get close, I'd corner in on the beeping. I'd say, I got it dead to rights. It's right here in this corner. I just got to move some stuff around. Then it would sound like it was coming from the opposite end of the room. And I had no idea what to do. So for a month and a half, this charade went on, right? Eventually, I found out it was just in a drawer. Yeah, that was it the entire time. So uh, two years removed, I can finally confirm the smoke detector was me. It was a goof on, well, it wasn't a goof on my end. I goofed up is rather what it is. Now, for this next clip, I really just, I kind of found it entertaining because it really put into perspective how we as fans will just kind of turn the most trivial thing into a monsoon and how every little problem that our team has there has to be a face for it right there has to be somebody to answer for whatever problem is going on right now even if that person has nothing to do with what it is that we're being mad about right it's the whole scapegoat thing uh so maybe this one's just for me but i think james and i did a funny job of tackling this one i tell you what people are gonna go through hell picking a hill to die on because it's either beeline ruined Cade's jump shot. That narrative is nuts. Or it's nuts. Beeline saved Killian's jump shot. <laughs> like it's got to be one. It's got to be funny one. Funny enough, I haven't, even seen, I haven't even seen the Killian. I haven't even seen people like give Beeline praise for how Killian shoot, but I've definitely seen all the keep Beeline away from Cade. It's like you guys are Wild. ridiculous. Wild. Wild. That's like when uh, people used to bring. Uh, Used to blame the the medical people for uh, Reggie turning his ankle. Like it's just the, the pe- <laughs> fan. I think that I always like as a journalist. Like when fans say this stuff, it's like I always do. We just tell them like too much. Like do we? Not, should we not even have told them what Beeline does? Like they're just using. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we should just not let them know that Beeline's around. Because like to say he's first of all, Cade shot does not look it to me look broken any different than summer league. Uh, secondly, uh, 
his shot looks good. It's just not going in. And I would chalk that more up to a guy who's, uh, I don't know, playing basketball for the first time in a five-on-five NBA basketball for the first time since uh, ever. Uh, Summer League doesn't count. Um, He shot the ball well in Summer League. His legs are getting under. Like, to blame Beeline is insane. And there was a lot of people bringing up Beeline when it comes to Kate's shooting struggles. What was the quote? I think Beeline said he he just wanted more arc. Isn't that what it Or he wanted a yeah. higher release point, I think? Yeah, and I talked with – when I did that story talking to Cade's brother and cousin, Cade's brother told me that sometimes his release is too low. Like, that's something that they work on too. So – and I would say just talking to coaches throughout my time covering the league, like, not many – they don't really tweak player shot in, shots in season. So – Yeah, no. That's not something that happens. It took Lonzo three years to have a new jumper. Yeah. yeah but every year it was a little bit yeah, different. He came back with some different. Yeah. And Cade's jumper is not ever going to need the type that type of reconstruction. I'm actually, like, he is one of the prettiest jumpers on the team, if we're being honest. Yeah. Sure. Because yeah, so, that's the funniest thing about the prettiest. Sadiq. Sadiq's is gross. I wouldn't call it gross, but it's definitely, like, it's unique. He's like I that shooter. You, you, know what? you know how you know Sadiq's a shooter? Because he has, like, a form that's, like, unique to him. Like, people might remember Kevin Martin. Yeah. Burner. Strap. Ugly, ugly, weird jump shot. Sean Cash, Marion though. was the same. Sean yeah, Marion but, shot but he that wasn't shit a with shooter, his pinkies. Though. Well, but he, no, but, but if yeah. he ever did. <laughs> but if he ever was. If she was, she would look, she would be cute if she looked different. He shot, he, he, he had a nice clip well, I'm three. talking about, like, shooters. So, like. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. There's, like, the, yeah, like, the Kevin Martin uh, and Sadiq's jumper is nowhere near as gross as Kevin Martin's. Let's get that clear. Sadiq's jumper isn't gross to me. It's just the release point is low, and he doesn't jump very high. We have had a myriad of guests join the Bun and Cardigan show over the last two years, uh, and you're going to hear from some of those guests in this very episode. But the one that I want to start with, mainly just because we're going in chronological order, episode 68, we had Corey Nikolov join the show, uh, NBA superfan, Pistons superfan, who had watched Detroit play in every single arena in the NBA. Uh, Just sitting down and talking to him for an hour was like really unique to me. And I was really, really excited to put that pod out the same way that I was like when we had Vinny Goodwill on the show and like I kind of didn't really talk and like I was just a fly on the wall and I just let him and James chop it up and tell stories like that was one of my favorite episodes uh, and I was equally excited to put that one out because I was hearing stories that I was like wait we're allowed to know this and the fact that it was on like a you know a public podcast is like wow you guys get to hear this too I was just super amped um, and with Corey it was it was especially unique I thought because you don't get to hear from that fan that often you don't get to hear from those super fans a ton and get to hear their experiences and um to get to sit down and do that with him was really really cool he was a great guy uh and this little excerpt i thought was just maybe what i found the most interesting from it so you've been at every single game obviously there are advantages uh to not just being someone in james's position but just even just purely as a fan you know being at as many games as possible you notice a lot more than the average person sitting at home does. So two-part question. The first part is, especially in 18-19, when you're at 90% of the games that they play, not just at home, but overall, those games that you're missing and watching on TV, do you feel like an idiot? Like, are you just like, I should be there? Like, does it like, does it like get to you? Because that would drive me insane. It definitely did. Like I, so I'm, I'm much bigger on on Instagram than I am on, on Twitter, by the way. So I chronicled my whole 82 
game season, you know, on Instagram, made a single cool. post for every game with a bunch of pictures and stuff. And do you want to share your Instagram or no? Yeah, sure. It's uh, so it's my first name backwards. Y R O K one nine eight six. Y R O K one nine eight six. And it's a public Instagram. You can go check it out. I post a bunch of pictures of sneakers and basketball and stuff on there. Um, but uh, yeah, when I the first game I had to post and I wasn't at the game, like game twenty five of that season. Yeah, I was like, what am I doing? I I should have been there. I could have been there. Yeah, <laughs> I could have tried harder to make this. Like I should have just done it. Um, so I was, yeah, I was really pissed at myself, uh, not, not being there for those games. Yeah. Just for, you know, for the eight games I missed that year, I was like, sure. I feel so stupid. I should just be there right now. What's wrong with me? The, uh, the second part to that question is just honestly, some of the stuff that you do pick up being at a majority of these games and, and James, I mean, I know that, you know, this more than anybody, but like, you know, beyond like, just like the sort of in-between moments and like the body language stuff, like what's something that you think you have a better perspective on this team than like the average person who stays at home because you've been to so many of these games. Do you get what I'm asking? Gosh, damn. That's a great question. You're good. A great question. Really putting me on the spot with that one. I mean, I just like I, the, the chemistry of this team, you know, you see so much more being in the, in the arena, again, getting to watch, you know, how the players interact who, who aren't on the court or getting to watch them as they are coming on and off of the court and talking to each other and, and you know, dabbing each other up and everything as they're coming on and off. Like that's something that really you don't get to see when you're watching these games on, yeah. on TV, you really get to, you know, this, this feels like a team, like in, in 18, 19, there was not all that interaction. The guys would go to the bench and not really be talking too much. And, um, this is just something that's, that's completely different. And um, yeah, I mean, again, I, I know that's the easy answer to give is just the body language, but it really is. No, true. but it's like, true. That's, that's the biggest thing I've picked up is just how much this team really enjoys playing together. I also, I got to go to, um, I volunteered at the, the Thanksgiving Pistons give back. So I got to hang out with some of the guys from the team and all the Pistons employees oh, cool. and stuff when they were passing out, um, goods and stuff to all the people uh, who are coming by the practice facility over Thanksgiving. And I got to see all the players hanging out, interacting then. And like these guys, nice. they really, really like each other. Like they, it's not like they were sort of hanging out by themselves. They were all interacting and talking and laughing and having a good time. You know, beef stew, uh, he got to direct traffic. He had one of those lights. He was like waving <laughs> people down and dancing while he was doing that. Like get to see a different side of these guys. And they, they're all really good guys who, you know, I don't think there's a single one of them who, you know, the other guys don't like or, you know, don't want to play hard for. Like, they, they all really, really respect each other and, you know, want to go to bat for each other. Cool. People right. people think I say this because I'm being diplomatic and I have to be around the players and I don't want to piss them off. But I gen- when I say, like, this is a good group of guys, like, I'm not – that's not what it is. Like, they are – there are a bunch of guys, as Dwayne likes to say, say that you would take home to date your daughter. Like, there's a lot of nice guys on this team. Folks, I so genuinely hope that you are enjoying the two-year anniversary pod, the best of episode of the Bonnie Cardigan Show. Now, this next one is is unfathomably wild to me because we all know James is like, he's just kind of organically funny. Like, he's just got funny quips and funny things to say, but he's not committing to like a bit. Like, that's not what he does. And I think I'm going to let the tape do the talking here, right? I don't want to give too much away, but but just to set the stage here, lay a foundation. Uh, we're speculating pre-draft. The lottery hasn't even happened yet a year ago, right? So we don't even know that we're going five and getting Jaden Ivey. Uh, you're going to hear James commit to a bit, and, th- and maybe he's being serious, whatever. 
And then as soon as I jump on board, he inexplicably jumps off. And it just, let's just roll it. Here's the thing. We've said it a hundred times. We're not getting number one again. But You've said it. But. I, I have an inkling it. that they will. Stop. But. I think it's rigged and it's the NBA is trying to bring back Detroit. It is rigged, but that's what Cade was for. I so think they're gonna. I think they want Detroit to be back, back. Hey, what have I? What have I sold? I think. I think that's the new theory. That's my new conspiracy theory. I haven't shared that based with people. on what, though, as evidenced by what? It's been fifty. It was fifty-one years before the Pistons got their number one pick. It was they were at their lowest, and all of a sudden, number one pick, Cade. They're in the position now, right now. To get another number one pick, and the Pistons might be back. They see how the, they know how the the attendance is when the Pistons are good. The attendance has actually been pretty good this year, mm-hmm. um, better than the last few years. Um, I just just my conspiracy. I think the league wants the Pistons back. Sure, I'll bite. So the 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 the, the, the I think what we're trying to dig at here is prior to the 2010s, the Pistons had won a championship in each of the last three decades. The NBA saw that the 2010s went championship list and said, oh, we have to write this ship. And then that's why in 2021, a year after the decade turns, they gave us Cade Cunningham. I mean, there you go. I'm st- stay off the point. YouTube. Stay off I'm, the YouTube conspiracy theories, kids. Are you fucking kidding me? No, Mr. Fucking you. Tin Hat, this was your bullshit. Are you joking? I jump on board with you. with you and you call me a fucking a, an insane person? Hello? I'm with you. I'm with you. It doesn't sound I like you're with me. I'm hearing you're with me, but the other stuff you're saying indicates that you're not with me. On Listen, this. I'm going to say it right now. No matter where the Pistons end up, third worst record, fourth worst record, fifth worst record, What's happening? They're here? not picking any. Is it lower or higher? It's interchangeable. It depends on they're who not you talk pick, to. They're going to pick one or two. Calling it right now. Is did we flip? Did we flip the dynamic here? Are you the fan? What no, the I just I, you don't I, mean I, this. Remember, I told you. If you, I think you could go back and listen to the pod. Like a week out of last year's thing. Not to say that. Like obviously they had the best chance at number one pick. So I'm not like Nostradamus here or anything like that. I'm not Negro Damas. Shout out to Paul Mooney. <laughs> Shout out to Paul Mooney. R.I.P. He died, right? I, did he Recently, die? I, I I'll think, Google this. I don't yeah, think check, he died. I, gosh, I hope. Well, do I hope? Jesus, he, just keep talking. Yeah, sorry. I, I hope I hope I didn't mistakenly R.I.P. somebody, but I'm pretty sure he did. He did um, pass away, yes. Okay. R.I.P. Paul Mooney, Negro Damas. I forgot what I was saying. Oh, you, I think you go back and listen to, listen to it on a pod. I said I think they're going to get the number one pick. I just felt it. And I still feel it right now because I think the league is conspiring to bring the Pistons back. So here's what's going to happen. Is Teals when we are get, coming back. When we get – ooh, you're right. When we, arena. Get, when we get sixth and I have to be the one that consoles you, oh, I don't I know. I'll be, I'll be jumping for joy. That means I don't have to go to the draft. I'd, shut up, man. <laughs> I think the reason why that one is so funny to me is because – it almost feels like the perfect storm or rather like the perfect formula for what makes this show what it is where you have James poking at something that he knows is making me way more angry than I need to be, right? I'm getting way more riled up than I ever should be about something that probably doesn't even matter that much. And then for one reason or another, James will mention somebody that we aren't actually sure if they have passed or not. So I I don't know if there is a more frequent occurrence on the show than James asking me to google if somebody is actually uh alive 
or if they have passed away. Now, to keep the punches rolling here, uh, episode 80, we had on Motor City Cruise head coach DJ Baker on the show. Now, this was great. Um, we got some jokes off about the tryout that I did, and um, we got some you know restoration jokes off, and he was great. Uh, DJ was very generous uh, with his time, and, and we had a lot of fun. I singled out this specific clip just because I think it really encapsulates uh, something about a player that we all really enjoy. It describes Sadiq Bey as someone who was with him every day for multiple hours to people that might not understand how much this guy loves basketball. It, it, it goes back to what I told you really early on when I met him. Like He is a rare breed. He is yeah. old school. He is not – he played all 82 games. Like, he was yep. not like, I'm not sitting down. Like, you you, you know, like, like <laughs> you can't tell him – and not in a bad way. Like, we, he trusts everybody and everyone has the best intentions. But you can't tell him to stop working. He will not listen to you. Like, and if he if you tell him to slow down – We'll say yeah okay and then they'll find a, a a private gym somewhere at night to go <laughs> you know like like he is going to find a way to get better and get his work on work in by any means necessary and i and i truly meant that like he is a rare breed you can't find many guys like him like everybody works on their game everybody loves the game he has an obsession like a true and genuine obsession with getting better and with learning and uh and he has a, a a constant hunger and desire you know those there's those games where you know you played back-to-back minutes and a guy played 35 38 minutes and you know they're dying to get to their off day and rightfully so it's not a knock on anybody else no. right it's like yeah, yeah you you need an off day today like you've been playing a lot or you can't keep him out he and even if he doesn't go on the court He's doing something for his body. He's he's doing rehab. He's in the cold or hot tubs. He's um, uh, he's watching film. He's texting you about can I? I want to see this film. I want to see that film or send me film of this. Or he's watching a different game. So um, he lives it and he breathes it. And I think a lot of these guys do, but he does it to the point where what day is it? It's Tuesday, Wednesday today. Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> He might be working out today. You know, like, <laughs> everyone else is on vacation. He, I, like he might be working out today. Like he yeah, might catch yeah. a basketball today. You know. So um, I hope I they locked the PPC. <laughs> I was gonna say something to Dwayne and Troy about that. Took his fingerprint off for the next month. <laughs> um, no, but he is—he's a genuine student of the game. He wants to become great, and it's not about talk. Like you talk about, like you know, when guys are like uh, the greats do things that they don't want to do at that time, but they force themselves to do it anyways. You know, it's like, yeah, sure. I don't feel like doing this right now, but I know I should. So I'm going to, he doesn't even have those times where he's like, I don't feel like doing this right now. That is what's crazy about him. I've never been with a player. that's like, shoot, I don't really want to get this workout in right now, but all right, let's get it in. He doesn't even, that, that, that his brain can't even process that. That's just so, what he likes to do. It's what he does. Yeah. He like li- wakes up and like schedules his life around doing that and everything else falls in place after. So home run person, home run character, but work ethic, approach, mentality, rare, rare. Yeah. 
so if you were listening at the time that we dropped episode 100, um, that was obviously a, a landmark. I mean, anybody who does anything that lasts 100 episodes, you're going to try to commemorate it in the best way that you can. And that was something that had been, I mean, since the show's inception, you have a fan and you have a beat reporter. It's like, what else do you need to add into the mix? Oh, yeah, the only thing that's really left. And that's a player. And Isaiah was the first player that we were able to get on the show. Um, definitely not going to be the last. But the 100th episode, you know, it, it really felt like that was the moment to do it. So James worked his ass off to get it done. And I, I still to this day, like, I can't thank him enough. Um, if I can speak a little candidly maybe even a little selfishly from the heart, like, you know, up to that point and the months leading up, I had had a really tough year and not a lot of things had gone my way either, you know, personally or professionally. Like it just kind of felt like the wheels were coming off and there wasn't a lot that I could really do to stop it. And in a lot of ways I had sort of written myself off professionally where I was like, Cade was probably the last time I'm ever going to get a chance to sit in front of an NBA player and you know while I could find solace in the fact that I do believe that I crushed and nailed that it did suck because it felt like I had derailed my life in such a way that um, an opportunity like that would never arise and a lot of that had to do uh, with me and and things that I had done so for James to to land this interview and, and even if again like I said for the Vinny interview like even if I'm a fly on the wall, it's just about being there, right? And it's just about the experience. And Isaiah was so gracious with his time. He's just such a solid dude. Um, this interview, I mean, it truly meant more to me than 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 anything that had happened in the previous year. So um, let's get to it. I have two little quick clips. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I think I'll just break them up with a little transition sound. So it's going to be two back-to-back Isaiah Stewart clips. Have you ever built like any like relationship with just a random opponent just because you guys are always matched up with each other? Is like any funny story that comes to mind? Maybe like a vet said like welcome to the league Steven, or anything like that. Steven Adams. <laughs> what do he do? Like, you know, like I don't me personally, I, I don't really like to talk at free throws because you know that's when, you know, guys like, you know, the free throw work. I, it's probably like the most friendliest thing in the game. You know, people talk, chat, catch up right quick. Yeah. You know, I like to just keep it strictly just basketball, business. But Stephen Adams, you know, you know, just focusing that he does this thing. He got his little tricks. He does this thing where he just keeps touching you everywhere. And I'm, and I'm you know, I'm looking at the ref like, you know, is this is this allowed? And the ref obviously ain't doing anything. So I said, okay, next time down. I'm going to do the same thing, try to mess with you. You know, so I'm just, like, touching them, tapping them, tapping them. But uh, – and over time, I just picked his brain because, you know, he's a great offensive rebounder, mm-hmm. a strong guy. Um, and, uh, you know, he uh, he trash talks me a little bit. Just on, like, a funny point, like, you know, nothing too serious. But, like, you know, he's strong. Obviously, I'm a young rookie coming in thinking I'm strong. You know, he told me I need to hit the weights. Uh, <laughs> I need to hit the weights a little bit more, but um, you know he's a uh, you know he's a great you know he's a great person to learn from. You know he um and uh, those highway not, screens he does them yeah, well. Highway screens, you know, I, yep. I pick the brain on that, but you know I respect him because he come you know he comes out his way to you know um, whether it's after the game, uh, you know he comes out his way you know to the locker room to you know to. Pull me out and chat to me about things I can learn and he can teach me. So, um, you know, cool. I respect him for that and I thank him for that because, you know, um, he's already a seasoned vet. He don't have to do that. But, 
you know, he go out of his way too. So I respect him for that. All right. I want to pivot to, uh, I don't know this, these answers, but I'm very curious. Go to the pre-draft and, and draft process real quick. Do you still have the Blazers hat? Oh, um, like, did no, you keep it like a memento? Nah, I don't have the Blazers hat. I think, you know, they, they sent us like a draft hat locker and everybody oh. was just taking the hat. So, uh, I think my dad probably kept the Detroit Piston hat, but I, I don't know what the Blazer hat is. So it was my, a bunch of teams. Yeah. Like they sent you. Okay. Yeah. What's like the the logistics behind, and this is going to be such a dumb question, but like, so you and Sadiq get drafted and it wasn't technically by Detroit because they were trades, right? So you get drafted by Portland, but like end up in Detroit. Sadiq gets drafted by Brooklyn, ends up in Detroit, but like you still have to pretend and put on the Blazers hat, right? But Sadiq yeah. was just like straight Pistons hat. Is there like a is there communication like, hey, you still need to put on this hat, or are you just like, I'm gonna do whatever I want, I don't care? Nah, it's nah, it's, <laughs> it's communication. You know, the NBA has rules, so you gotta put on the hat that um uh you gotta put on the hat by the team that drafted you. So I still had to put on that um Blazers hat, yeah. even though I, even though I know I was going to Detroit. One thing I it will always blow me away is when James and I do something that that people have like a vested interest in. So like this year when we're doing the the points challenge that we're doing, uh, James and I each drafted a, a roster from the existing pool of Pistons players and whichever team scores the most total points by the end of the season wins. We are only tracking points. It's very simple. And, and a lot of you guys have been super engaged in that. And we love that. Like it, it's always very validating because it's like, oh, okay. So the thing that we like isn't super dumb. Like this is, this is interesting content. Cool. This next clip comes from that draft. You know, I've long since said I might be a terrible GM. I don't think anybody is ever going to offer me that job. I would get fleeced. You know, I'd make too many bad decisions, too many bad trades. Um, I'm just too emotionally charged 24-7. I think these claims are supported by this next clip, and I think <laughs> I think James was in the right to be upset about this one. Six. Okay, yeah, this is my last pick then. Okay. It's either Braxton Key, Rodney Magruder, Nerlens Noel, Buddy Bayheim. I don't want any of Braxton. And let's make let's make this clear. G League points don't count. No, of course not. That would be okay. insane. That would be insane. Right. Yeah, I got I got to go Braxton Key here. I got a lot of guards on this team. You're not building a team. Bro, You're picking a guy that's not going to play. Why do you just pick him? Brother, brother, brother. None of the guys. This is a shit. This is no, a shit. Stop. You don't. Stop, no, no, stop. No, no, redo that pick. Stop. Brother, this is it's a Rodney Magruder who's not going to play, Braxton Key who's not going to play, or Buddy Bayheim who's not going to play. Rodney Magruder and Nerlens Noel will play more than Braxton Key. And you just. Braxton Key, Rod, I, I don't, barring I, a new COVID outbreak, will not play. I, I think Rodney Magruder is going to get about the same amount of minutes. No shot. You have to think about injuries. Like, Dwayne throws Rodney in immediately. He, what he likes to if, keep his road. To, all right, I got let, Rodney. Let's. Or that no, was my, no you done. don't. You're done. done. Right. You're done. This is wild. Like, I think this is shtick. I'm not I, goofing I here. I think this is shtick. This isn't. Hold on. Hold on. We have point You guards. just took a two-way player. Brother, all we talk about is how we're worried that at some point the way that Jaden Ivey plays, God forbid, I'm not wishing injury on anybody, but he might roll an ankle, right? He goes down immediately. Killian deals with stuff all the time. Okay? Exactly. So who did you just take? The two-way guy. Yeah. 
instead of the third string shooting guard. Let's rewind this 20 minutes. Remember when the guy who you quote tweeted to tell him that Bogdanovich wasn't going to start, you owed him an apology? I just want to – let's just remember that in about I two said, Well, I was saying that because there's a chance. Okay. There is a – all right. Do what you do. I still think this is shtick. Why, I'm, why would I sell on this? Because it's funny. This, like people are la- having a good laugh. I'm only going to get you killed don't believe. For this. I'm you only. Don't, I believe every. I would never say something I don't believe. Okay, so all right, let's 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 wrap this up with this question: What is? Why are you? Why are you taking Braxton Key over the two other main roster guys? I would concede one thing. Probably no, should. He, no, 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 no. I'm telling you, you're right about something. Is my way of answering the question. Okay. Should have taken Noel. Should have taken him. Okay. That's it. Should have done Well, because he's going to actually play in basketball games, even though maybe not for the first month. He will actually play in probably every single game that he's eligible to play in, that he's healthy for. He will get minutes. Braxton Key will not. So you're admitting that you shouldn't have taken Braxton Key. I'm admitting that if there's anybody I should have taken, it should have been a guy who's actually going to get rotation minutes, like, regularly. Yes. You know, the interesting thing about the friendship that James and I have is he gives me so much perspective. And I'm able to look at him and know that at any given moment, he has more information than I could possibly imagine. Like, he knows more people than I could possibly imagine. An executive will tell him something, and then eight months later, he'll bank it and he'll store it. And then eight months later, when a certain domino falls, he'll be able to trace it back and use in his story. Like, yeah, I was told this thing, you know, like, he's really good. This is what he does. Here's what the problem with it is uh, for me is I end up doing a little bit too much because I always try to look at everything, mainly on like the business end of things, through a little bit different of a lens and kind of try to break things down, uh, deconstruct them in real time. Again, sometimes you sound like that guy and sometimes you just need to quit it. I think this next quick, this next clip, as short as it is, conveys and expresses this sentiment uh perfectly um i'm because some people are getting upset that the timeline they're saying the timeline's a little bit weird on the cade thing my take is that um I think it doesn't matter into stuff well correct me if i'm wrong he could wait another month he could wait two months to get the surgery and he'd still be back before the season starts right there is no world unless something goes horrifically wrong that Cade doesn't start next season right so, like, it doesn't, we can kick the can down the road as long as we want. It doesn't matter. Yeah, as long as he doesn't get it in, like, June. Right. He's fine. Like, yeah. even if he gets it in April, it's like a three to six month. I mean, April might be pushing it. Uh, like, no later than March, he should be fine. And I heard from Lil Birdie. I don't know how true this is. Maybe, maybe you know something. I heard that he's got family in town. And that would, to me, suggest, you know, for the support system that he's getting it soon. Heard his brother was at the game. His brother's always at the game. Is he? His brother lives here now. (laughs) Does he really? His brother's brother's always at the game. Ashton's always at the game. Well, Ashton's always at the game, but that's not the same. His brother's always there. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Little Birdie was wrong then, I guess. I mean, your little Birdie was right. He was there, but he's always Oh, he was. That doesn't mean anything. No. We are approaching the end of the best of episode of the Bun and Cardigan show. The problem has been... Uh, there are a lot of individual funny moments, I think, that have happened in this show. And what I found is that a lot of them are like sub-15 seconds, and I just didn't feel confident or or comfortable uh, just 
splicing those in. And I know I mentioned it at the top that, you know, context matters and it's not fun to just play things in rapid succession. Um, but that's kind of the truth. I know this one is going to be a little bit shorter. That's the reason why is because I was trying to find the things that are actual sort of sustainable on their own, which is ironic because this last one is just funny for the sake of being funny. So, ladies and gentlemen, the final best of moment of the Bunny Cardigan Show, and we'll wrap things up. I get into Amsterdam at 8 a.m. their time. So, yeah, I'm going to wake up at 3 and just try to – And it's a seven and – it's a basically an eight-hour flight from Detroit to Amsterdam, so I'm going to just try to to sleep that whole time. Um, Delta? Yeah, of course. God, that's devastating. But, bro, you're going to rack up so much, so many miles with that trip. Yeah, I think it's like – I want to say it's like 8,000 total. Wow. That's like two free flights. What's the best upgrade no. you've gotten from Delta? First row. Oh, that's it. Happens all the time. Hmm. What do you mean? Hmm. That's it. That's all. That's all. It, uh, I just know United. Plane? I just know you. <laughs> <laughs> like that's the closest I can get. <laughs> oh man, hey sir, so sorry for the delay. Do you want to fly the plane as a complimentary? <laughs> we, we, we appreciate your goal. We appreciate your platinum medallion status. You want to come sit on uh, pilot Christopher's lap? You want to be the the marshal of this flight? Do you want to you want to hold a concealed weapon? Oh man! As this beautiful night of festivities uh, draws to an end, I would just like to say I know sometimes maybe we are a little too overly sentimental on this show, and we catch ourselves being like, "Do we really need to cover this again? Do we need to talk about how much we like each other, and how much we like this show, and all of our listeners again? Do we need to do this again?" Yeah, actually, I think it's important because. Even something as trivial as, you know, checking the Bun and Cardigan email, which, by the way, bunandcardigan at gmail.com, spelled phonetically, no ampersand, bun, A-N-D, cardigan at gmail.com. Even those, man, like, I'll just dive into those, and I just love reading what you guys say, and I I try to reply as as many as I can, um, or at least, if nothing else, read them on the show. And it's it's just the little things that really keep us going. And again, I know this one that you probably like really two years of the show and you only had 40 minutes worth of good goofs to go over. Again, I just didn't really want to splice up a bunch of like five second moments of James saying pause, even though there were some really funny pause moments over the last two years. And that's the thing that like damned if you do, damned if you don't. I'm really bummed that I wasn't able to uh, slide any of those in here. Pause. Uh, but it is what it is. Ladies and gentlemen, if you made it this far, thank you very, very much for listening. If you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate five stars. Leave a review. Subscribe if you're feeling generous. It has been an honor and a privilege hosting this episode and this show for all of you out there. We will catch you guys in the next one. Peace.